Hello and welcome to a Waypoint Church podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to it. So the first of our 10 talks this morning is going to be from Cat Clarkson. For those who don't uh, know too much about Cat, um, we go back a long way with Cat. Um, she's the daughter of uh, one of our uh, previous ministers. Um, she also spent some years uh, teaching the children, our, our full-time children's worker. Uh, and then she moved on to Africa where she works with a, an organization called Hands in Africa um, where they reach out to the poorest of the poor, the poorest communities across Africa uh, and minister to them in a very powerful, meaningful way. Uh, Kat is a remarkable young lady. Um, she's a blessing. Whenever we've met with her, uh, she's been a blessing to us. And I'm sure that she has uh, something rich to, to bring us from her heart this morning. Let's just pray. Father, we pray that as Kat speaks to us this morning, uh, Lord, we just pray that you will open our hearts and our minds to what it is that you want to say to us. Challenge us. Take us to a new place in our understanding of you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning and Happy New Year to you all. Although I am recording this in the UK still, um, by the time this goes out, uh, I will be back in the sunny climes of Southern Africa and back to work. But firstly, a big thank you to you all for helping to make this Christmas break a really special one. Um, I know I haven't seen you all, but I really have loved being part of Waypoint and being able to worship and fellowship with you over these last few weeks. Many of you will know that uh, my time in the UK started in quite an unexpected way uh, this past Christmas. At the end of November, my bags were all packed and I was in the final few hours of finishing up things for 2021 before getting on a bus up to Johannesburg and then on a flight back to England. And then Southern Africa got suddenly put onto the UK's uh, red list. And it feels a bit like a distant memory now when traveling simply meant booking a flight and getting onto it. (laughs) Um, But after many prayers and God's goodness and the incredible generosity of friends, I soon found myself flying through Africa, albeit on a slightly more indirect route, um, but nevertheless heading for London and for government quarantine. Now, I'm not going to use my time this morning to tell you tales from quarantine about the food or being guarded day and night by government security or the 15 minutes of Uh, outdoor exercise allowed each day, but I will say that my whole experience was a huge gift. I never would have chosen it, and I probably would never have believed I would have enjoyed it, but in truth, I loved it. I did, I loved it, 11 days and nights in a hotel room with a lot of time to be quiet, three meals a day delivered to your door, ample time to sleep, to read, to reflect, to drink coffee, to catch up on a year's worth of TV. I mean, what's not to like? I do acknowledge that whenever I talk about it like this, if you're a parent of children sort of under the age of about six, right now you're probably daydreaming about this very experience. Um, But in truth, I arrived into the UK really quite tired, physically and spiritually. Another year of serving in some very desperate places across Africa of living life in the fast lane, traveling and living out of a backpack, being immersed in new cultures and challenges continually, 
a lot of loss. It left me very tired and I really was in need of a real rest. And God gave that to me in abundance. His word says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And it felt like this. It was like a call from him telling me to, to draw close to him, to abide with him. I quite like the way that the message version puts it. It says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live lightly and freely. It's beautiful, isn't it? And it's really comforting. And so aside from sleeping long nights in that hotel room, I also had many, many, many hours every day of silence and completely undisturbed time. And on the advice of a friend, I chose to dig deep into God's word in that time. Um, and each day to choose a, to have a book that I journeyed through each day. Um, and so I chose one of the, the books written by Paul and I spent time reading it from beginning to end every single day. I definitely had the time. Uh, and I chose the book of Philippians during that season. And it was so amazing. In many ways, I felt like it read me more than I read it. Do you ever feel like that? Each day as I read those same words over and over, I noticed something new and different verses would speak to me in different ways. And I would be taken so deep into what it means for my life, past and present and even as I walk forward in the future. And I think Philippians is an amazing book because of its honesty and its integrity. And Paul wrote it while quite literally in chains, locked up under house arrest, awaiting trial. But the book only mentions this as a context and not as an excuse. Paul was so concerned for the people he was writing to and he preached joy, joy. It's what I found so amazing about the book. Now Paul had such a concern for the church at Philippi who had become a sort of a bit dry. And Paul preached joy, not happiness, not emotion, but joy, deep-seated joy. And what I love about it was the fact that it was written by a man who was under arrest, serious pressure, threat, fear. And I think it can be easy to, to say you're joyful when all is good. And quite frankly, it can be a bit annoying when people say that they're joyful and you think, but life is going swimmingly for you. But Paul's words for me were so authentic and real. Despite his circumstances, Paul said, he, he spoke about being content, whether living in plenty or in need, well-fed or hungry, in chains or free, he was content. And so each morning, as I sat looking out over the car park from my hotel room and reading Paul's words again and again, I found myself thinking about my own life where joy is to be found in my life. And of course, there is a distinct difference between joy and happiness. And I spent time thinking that through a little bit. Happiness is that kind of outward emotion. Something happens and you react. Happiness feels good, of course it does. And we have the power to make people feel happy or, or not. But happiness, I think, has this cunning ability to be a bit fleeting too. And I've lost count of the number of times I have felt happiness and sadness in the space of one hour. Do you ever feel like that? You have a great morning 
and then someone says something or something happens and the rest of the day goes a bit downhill. And that's the problem with happiness. It kind of ebbs and flows. But joy, I believe, is quite different. Joy is more inward, I think, than happiness. Joy can be deep appreciation or even deep contentment. Paul even talks about it where he kind of describes that contentment even being a bit like a secret. Once it's discovered like treasure, it's precious. It doesn't matter whether Paul was living in plenty or in want, hungry or well-fed, he was content, no matter what. And I think joy is a bit like that. Joy seems to kind of go above the ebbs and flows of a day or even a season, and it learns to be content and appreciative. So this theme of joy became quite big for me back in that hotel room. And I think it was because God was challenging me that in that short season, I can still choose joy. To not define my experience by the injustice of the travel ban or define how happy I was by the food that arrived, but to choose joy despite the surrounding situation. And of course, I use a ridiculous example. It, it was only 11 days after all. But actually that message of joy has needed to take on a much more profound meaning in my life when I'm serving in the missions field. I face desperation and need and loss and injustice and poverty and chaos and trauma and pain on a daily basis. And it's not getting better. The pain and brokenness is more pervasive than ever before. And I say that just because I want you to know that life is tough for me, as it may be for you right now too. You may experience, you may be experiencing a profound sense of difficulty right now. Loss, pain, fear, disappointment, shame, hopelessness. And so I guess my message this morning is as much for you as it is for me, that we can still choose joy despite the circumstances. And our strength, of course, from that comes from Jesus. The joy of the Lord is our strength, is literally the way the Bible puts it. And why do we do it? Because that's where we're gonna actually find life. In Psalm 16, it says, we're gonna be filled with joy when we come into the presence of Jesus. And then he shows us a path of life. It sometimes feels to me that when I don't choose joy, I kind of tread the water of life. I sort of stay afloat just about, sort of keeping my head above water, but I don't really go anywhere. But when I choose joy, when I seek to be close to Jesus, to tell him everything that's going on, to be brave enough to put my head above the water, I see that he's actually taking me somewhere. And then I start to move again and I start to experience life again. So as I journeyed through Philippians, I also discovered something else about joy that I hadn't really taken too seriously before. And that is that as a Christ follower, I'm actually called to show joy outwardly for the sake of people around me, as well as experiencing it myself. I'm called to kind of spend joy on people. Philippians 2 describes us like shining lights in the sky to a warped and crooked generation 
That's quite a statement to make. But the world we live in is warped and crooked. And the question being asked is not whether we're lights in the world, but how brightly do we shine? You and I are called to be lights in a dark and joyless world. And the question I ask myself, and the question I ask you today, is how brightly do you shine? How seriously do you accept the responsibility to spend joy on others? The last verses from Philippians, I'll read quickly for us, come just before those verses about shining brightly. And I think they are even a bit of a warning for us as a church. But I think they're really important for us to consider as we begin another new year. It says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Is this you? Do you spend joy and shine brightly as you've been called to do? Or do you cost people joy? Do you grumble and complain and argue? It's quite a sobering question, isn't it? Philippians says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. I love that Christmas carol that talks about how Jesus's law was love and his gospel is peace. And we're called to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of that. The last thing I want to leave you is with a little taste of Africa. How could I not? And it concerns the theme of joy and how we're called to spend joy on others. A number of months ago, I met this grandmother in a village in Zambia and her name is Gogo Belita. She is as old as the hills and has had a really tough life. She lost 10 of her own children and her husband, and she now takes care of her two granddaughters. And Gogo Belita is one of those people who just exhibits joy wherever she goes. You see it physically on her face, you feel it in her hugs, and it's the way she lives her life, just grateful and content and appreciative and looking outward. And on this day I went to visit Gogobolita, we were needing to follow up some things about the girls' schooling after COVID, and we were trying to work out how much this grandmother understood about our life centre, where the girls would come after school every day to eat a meal and, and be cared for before going home. And so we asked Gogobolita about that life centre. Do you understand what happens there? We asked. And Gogobolita smiled this big toothy smile And she said, yes, that's where Jesus is. In her simple but profound way, this grandmother knew joy because joy had been spent on her and her family. The joy of Jesus had been poured into their lives. And as a result, despite the many challenges she continues to face every day, Gogo Belita shines brightly in this world. And that gives me encouragement that if she can do that, then so can I. Thank you for listening this morning and may God bless you all richly with his peace. Let me end by reading this last scripture from Philippians for us. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything 
but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Well, thank you, Catherine. Maybe we could just pause just for a moment and encourage you just to think in the quietness about what would your one takeaway be from what we've just heard? What is the one area in your life that you feel that message impacts? Father, we, we, we thank you for Catherine. We, play your, we pray for your blessing upon her and all the amazing work that she's doing. We thank you, Lord, for her words to us this morning. We thank you, Lord, for challenging us, encouraging us, and, uh, and teaching us this morning. Help us to take away that which uh, you have shown to us, revealed to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Emily, come and join me up here. Emily uh, is, one, is part of our church family here. Uh, Emily Downey, if you don't know her, get to know her. She's a lovely lady, uh, a woman of God. Um, I've seen uh, over oh, the last couple of years, I guess, really. Um, how, how long have you been with us? About two years now. Two years, yeah. yeah. In unusual times, in lockdown and that kind of thing, but I've seen how her heart after God and her heart for people and, and blessing people, encouraging people and, and enabling them to connect effectively uh, with the Lord Jesus, um, how that heart comes out in, in her. And uh, I, I believe you, you ran a, an Alpha course too. Yep. And um, so the Lord, I know, has laid something on her heart to share with us this morning. Let's just pray for her as she does that. Father, we thank you. Uh, your word says where we gather in your name, you're there with us in the midst. And we thank you that you're here this morning. And uh, we thank you for Emily. Thank you for her life, for the example that she is to us, uh, the encouragement uh, that she brings to uh, connect more closely with the Lord Jesus. Uh, I thank you, Lord, for what you've laid on our heart to share this morning. I pray that you'll give her uh, the confidence to deliver that in its fullness. Uh, Lord, everything that you've laid on our heart and that we will have open hearts and minds to hear and to understand. Give us revelation, Lord, of what you're saying to us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Morning. It's just lovely. I'm just looking out to see everyone. Last time I was here, we had like little groups of pods of people and there's like about 80 people here. So it's lovely to see everyone. I'm imagining you all smiling at me. If you could smile at me, I'd appreciate it because I've just gone second to Cat Clarkson and, and imagine how nervous I am now. And I'd also like to say, just for the record, that I had absolutely no idea what Cat was going to talk about and she had no idea what I was going to talk about. So that would just be interesting as you see. Okay, question for you. Does anyone know what tomorrow is? Monday. Monday, thank you. It is Monday, good answer. A specific Monday though. Anyone know what Monday is tomorrow? It is, it's Blue Monday. Blue Monday is the most depressing day of the year. <laughs> yeah. 2005, psychologist Cliff Arnold did a study and he looked into it and he worked out that it is the worst day of the whole year. A few reasons make sense. We've all slightly forgotten about Christmas. We've all um, put on a bit of weight since Christmas. We had the old Christmas weight to add on to lockdown weight, so that's not great. Um, 
I don't know about you, but my credit card bill arrived this week, so that was nice. Um, Christmas is definitely coming back to bite. Um, what about New Year's resolutions? Anyone, anyone kept their New Year's resolutions still? One, well done, well done. One person. None of us have kept them. That's all gone to Barton. What about the weather? The weather's awful. We leave the house in the dark. We come home in the dark. It's just awful. It's just an awful time of year. And that is why Cliff O'Hunnell worked out that tomorrow is the most depressing day of the year. What's that? <laughs> but as Christians, we don't have to be down to, we don't have to have the blues. We don't have to have Blue Monday. We're really fortunate. And what I'd like you to do, if you can, is turn, guess where we're going to turn in our Bibles? We're going to turn to Philippians 4. <laughs> if you could just turn there. While we're turning there, I just want to take a little minute just to say, right, we're talking about having the blues, and we're being a bit maybe lighthearted today about that. But I want to just make it really clear that having the blues is not the same as having depression. Depression is a really serious and important illness. And if, if you're somebody who's been suffering from depression, um, Maybe some of this stuff will help you today, maybe. But really what you need to do is get yourself some people around you to support you. You need to go see a doctor. Medication works, counselling works. There's real good methods to help with depression. I certainly would up here and say that there was a time in my life where my daily sertraline antidepressant tablet was what got me through. So there's no shame in medication and, and taking tablets for depression. And that's really important. I know there's some really good stuff. Kintsugi Hope is a really good course if you want to take care of your well-being. There's lots of things you can do. And so I'm, please don't think for a second that I'm being glib or flippant about that. That's a really serious thing. And also as well, if I may be so bold, the men in the room, gentlemen, mental health is for you guys too. Do you know what? It's okay to not be okay. And if you are struggling, do yourself a favour, lads. Go to the doctor. All right? Cool. Anyway, thank you. Okay, good. Philippians 4. We've heard it already. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. We've already learned, haven't we, that this letter to Paul was written, letter from Paul to the Fippli, was written when Paul was in prison. He was in chains. He actually knew that he was going to face death eventually, and that's what happens to him. He does eventually die in prison. But this, this final... Um, exhortations. They're nothing but positive. He's entirely positive in it. Um, I would encourage you to read this chapter later yourself and have a little look at it. We're going to get a few things from it today, but there's loads, loads more. Um, I've got 10-ish minutes, so I'm going to give you three things that I think are just really practical, and they're quite light, really, if I'm honest. I feel quite lightweight compared to cats, but they're quite lightweight, but I think they're quite helpful things to do. Three things from that those verses. The first thing is this idea of rejoicing the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We talked, didn't we, about joy being a deeper thing, but there are things we can do just to uh, bring joy to our life, just to encourage us and have um, times where we can rejoice in God. We've got so much, so, so much to rejoice in Jesus, haven't we? We know, we've sang today that Jesus loves us so much that he gave his son and we, he died for us and we, we get to have a relationship with him, we get to call him friend, we get the Holy Spirit, 
we know he's never going to leave us. So much to rejoice about. And so my, my first sort of tip to cope with Blue Monday is just to be intentional this week about finding things that bring you joy. I've got three things that I've got planned that are going to bring me joy this week. Um, first one is I'm going to try and go for a walk um, a couple of times, maybe two or three times this week, at Stokes Bay. I love going for a walk. Um, the experts tell us that we should maybe go to the gym and get some proper exercise, but I'm not buying that. I just think that's ridiculous. I mean, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, I do it. I was there 7 o'clock this morning. Exactly, it's better than that. I was there 7 o'clock this morning, but it doesn't bring me joy. But if it brings you joy, that's fab. Do it. But for me, I'm going to go for a walk along Stokes Bay. I'm going to enjoy the, the sea. I'm going to enjoy the weather. I'm going to put some worship music in my ears. If you're there at 9 o'clock, you'll probably see me like an idiot walking along. I forget that I'm praising Jesus in the middle of somewhere. But that'll be me. That's the first thing I'm going to do this week, is just go for a nice walk and just get nearer to creation, just be able to rejoice in God in his creation. Second thing I'm going to do is um, I've booked a restaurant to go for uh, lunch with my friend, my best friend. We're going to go out for lunch. I've picked going out for lunch with her because she's a really good fun. I know it's going to be a Jesus-filled conversation. I know that we're going to have time to talk about God and just get to know each other better and know Jesus better. I know as well it's going to be a really good laugh. Um, Proverbs 17.22 says, laughter is a cheerful medicine. I just know that that time out with her will be great. My third thing I'm going to do this week, <laughs> interestingly, is I've planned in my Bible reading that I'm going to spend some time in Philippians. It's a, one, it's a wonderful, I know exactly, it's a wonderful book, and I'm just going to spend some time in it, and that will bring me joy, and that will bring me close. And I just think it's, my first sort of tip is just do some things this week that will bring you that intentional joy, enable you to rejoice in the Lord. Just, just be purposeful about it. My second thing is from verse 6. Paul tells us, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Prayer is vital, especially if we're down. Do you know, we as Christians, as Christ followers, we get to talk to the Creator God whenever we want, for as long as we want, about whatever we want. And actually, if we stop and think about it, that's amazing. We get to talk to God whenever we want. But I think the key word in that verse for me is thanksgiving. And that's my second tip for today. And that is that be routinely thankful. Last year, we had an excellent talk at church about prayer examine. And after that, myself and two friends set up a WhatsApp group. And every night, we'd ping over to each other three things that we were um, thankful for that day. And so every night at nine o'clock, my alarm would go off. And I'd sit down and I'd think about three things that I was really grateful to God for throughout that previous day. And I'd write them and I'd read... uh, what Bev and Dee had written, and it brought me encouragement every single day. But you know, it went deeper than that because, because I knew I was having to sit down every night and write three things. I spent my whole day thinking, well, what am I grateful for? What can I say thank you to God for? What's been good about today? And actually, I found myself in like this increasing spiral of increased joy and increased thankfulness because I was looking for it. And so that's my second thing. So be intentional about finding things that bring you joy this week and be routinely thankful. And the third thing is verse eight. And that verse eight says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So we could look at these words individually, and they've all got some really good meanings, but actually, I, I'm not sure Paul wanted to do that. I think he just wanted us to look at it as a collective and just think about it as just, these are all good things. 
And I think all, what Paul's saying is quite a simple truth, and he's saying, focus on the good stuff. We had an excellent explanation from Julie earlier about how we can retrain our brains. I want to say it right, neuroplasticity. Is that right? Nearly right? We can retrain our brains. We can think about good things, and we can retransform our brains. The Bible says it slightly differently in Romans uh, 12. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We get, the, we get the opportunity as Christians to be able to change our mind and think about positive stuff equally as well. When he was really, really near death, Paul said to his apprentice, Timothy, he says, we're not given a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. We have that opportunity. We can change our thoughts. We can decide which ones we keep hold of and which ones we let go. And so the, the third tip this week, really simple tips, aren't they? Just... Be intentionally joyful, be routinely thankful, and focus on the good things. How simple is that? Whenever I hear that list, let's listen to those words again. Noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. I don't know about you, but I can't help but think about Jesus. That almost feels like a character list for Jesus. And, just, and in the same way as we're told to fix our eyes on good things, we're told in Hebrews to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And I, I just want to just finish just thinking about that just for a second, just doing it. Sue, last week, right at the very end of the service, I'm sure you remember it, had a message from God. She felt that God was saying something really important to our church. And she said, he said this, these exact words, look at me, don't take your eyes off me, and I will lead you through the deep waters. As the band come on, we're just going to think about that for a second. It just it, it amazes me, actually, that I, um, I think it was about the 6th of December, I said to Jim, could the band come on and sing this song? I think it's really important. I think what God really wants us to say in this season where we're a bit gloomy and a bit down and we all have off days, he wants us to say this. a really old song. It goes like this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So my prayer this week is that for all of us, that we will look to Jesus. When, it, when the nights are dark and we're feeling down, and if we're, even if we're feeling a lot more than just down, if it is more serious than that, that we will just look to Jesus. He really does have a wonderful face, and we can just look at him. And there's this weird thing that the more we look at God, the more we look at Jesus, the more the stuff we have just doesn't seem quite as serious and quite as important as it does. Okay, so that's it. I just want to just say as well, today, obviously, we Cap discussed some stuff, we discussed some stuff. If there's anything you want prayer for, there'll be prayer team will be open at the end of the session. They'll be over there. Please do go and pray for, uh, with them if you need prayer. Really encourage you, if you are thinking that your well-being would really benefit, I'd really encourage you to speak to Julie and get signed up with the Kintsugi Hope Project. That's a really great thing. If you need to do something medically for yourself, do that. Just really do it. I just want to just quickly just pray just before we start singing. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I just thank you for your word. I thank you that, that it can give us really practical advice, Lord, as well as um, deep theological stuff. We can just have real practical means. I just want to pray, Lord, that you'll help each one of us just know what you want us to do this week. I just want to just take a few moments, Lord, just help us just think about where we're at, Lord. Just quietly, let's just hand over where we're struggling to you, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, that that you are there for us, that you promise never to leave us. Amen.